Good morning. I hope, hope the world finds everybody well this morning. Uh, or whenever you're listening to this, I guess, it, or watching this. This could be any time of the day. Uh, but we are here at Greater Alton. We're in the middle of a, a lesson series called The Q. What's that about? Well, we are looking at several of the questions that Jesus asked. A lot of people ask Jesus questions. Most of them he did not answer. Sometimes he answered them with a, with a question. Um, and other times he would just flat out ask people a question. And today we're going to be looking at one of those situations in Luke chapter 7. It begins down around verse 39 and continues on through, I believe, the end of the chapter. And it, he asked a question. It's, it's, well, let's just get to it. Okay. Uh, just a little background, the story of what's going on here is that uh, in Luke chapter 7, Jesus is, 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 is teaching and uh, he's talking about some things and some Pharisees that are there. And it says, then one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to his home, to, to the Pharisee's home. And so they were sitting and they were eating and they were, I guess, having a good time. And I don't understand how this worked in the first century, but a woman shows up that was not invited uh, and starts washing Jesus' feet, weeping her feet, anointing him with this expensive perfume. And uh, the Pharisee, who, who had invited Jesus, it says he thought to himself, or he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would, he would know this is a sinful woman. He'd know who's touching him. So clearly, he's thinking he's not a prophet. And uh, it's very interesting. Jesus responds to this man's thoughts. In fact, it says, Jesus answered him. Wow. Jesus is answering the man's thoughts without him even asking a question. That's pretty, that's thought-provoking all by itself. Uh, but it goes on, and uh, Jesus says, says to the man, he says, I have something to tell you. And the Pharisee responds, he says, tell me. And so, Jesus tells the story. He says there were, there were two people, and one was forgiven a little bit, a little bit of a debt, and the other was forgiven a big debt. And he says, who do you think loved more? And the Pharisee answers correctly. He says, well, I suppose the one who has forgiven the larger debt was forgiven the larger debt. And Jesus responds very, very quickly. He says, you've answered correctly. And then he goes on. Then he asks the question we want to talk about. It's what's spurring our conversation today. He says, do you see this woman? He goes, and then he, he just quickly, he doesn't wait for, for Simon to respond, or at least it doesn't record Simon's response. It was more just one of those questions to say, look, what, think about what you see when you look at this woman. And he goes on and he says, ever since I got here, this woman has, has washed my feet. You didn't do that, Simon. She's anointed my, me with oil. You've gave me nothing. He's, he's in essence telling her, telling Simon, she has treated me better than you. And then he says, it's clear that she loves much. He didn't bother to say it, but what he's telling Simon is, yeah, you don't love very much. And then he goes on and he forgives the woman her sins. And so, guys, we, we want to look at this where Jesus asked her this question, do you see this woman? And I, I could have taken this lesson one of two ways and maybe I didn't take it the right way. I don't know, but we're going to go through very quickly what Jesus was trying to tell Simon. Because the question, do you see this woman, 
was a part of a larger discourse on what Jesus was trying to tell Simon. And he was trying to tell him several things. I mean, he did tell him several things. He told number one is, you don't love very much. You love little. Specifically because you don't see your need for forgiveness. You think you were forgiven less than what this sinful woman was. He's also telling him, you're self-righteous. And contained within that is, you are judgmental. You think you are more righteous than this woman. You think you are, you have judged yourself to be better than her. You have judged her to be a worse sinner than yourself. You're judgmental. He's also going on to say, not only are you judgmental, but uh, um, you're wrong. Your judgment is wrong because you're seeing things wrong. I believe that's why he said, do you see this woman? It really, uh, Jesus was bringing attention to the fact that what Simon saw when he looked at that woman was wrong. It wasn't what God saw. It wasn't what Jesus saw. And Simon, as a religious leader of the day, was looking at, at people incorrectly. And Jesus is telling him that. He goes on to say, you know, you, you can go on and on. He can tell him, you're, you're, you're legalistic. Okay, and all these things can be contained in that, that single story, that single discourse that Jesus said of what, what he's telling Simon. But guys, what I want to look at today and what I want to talk about as we look at this situation is how do I hear what Jesus is telling me? You know, how do I pick up what he's laying down? All right, because that's the way Jesus starts it. He's, he's responding to Simon's thoughts. And he says, Simon, I have something to tell you. And guys, I believe with all my heart that Jesus has something he wants to tell each one of us. He wants to respond to the thoughts and the attitudes and the judgments that are going on inside our heads without us saying a word. And we want to look at the situation and say, what was involved for Simon to hear what Jesus wanted him to hear. This question, that's what this question was a part of. Is Jesus saying, I got something I want you to see. I got something I want you to know. Because you're wrong about something. And so I want to talk about this. How do I, and this is what I want to talk about. I will hear what Jesus wants to tell me when I, number one, invite him into my presence. And guys, that's significant. There's two verses there in verse in Luke chapter 7, in both verse 36 and in verse 39, where you know, it, it mentions that the Pharisee, who Simon, had invited Jesus in. And you see, guys, that is significant because what happens when he invites Jesus in is he has the opportunity for his thoughts, his attitudes, and his judgments to be revealed to Jesus. And that's what the Bible teaches us. When we're in the presence of God, in 1 John, I believe it's what he's talking about when he says, as we walk in the light. And it talks about light exposing darkness within us. And this is a, a great example, I believe, of that happening on. Happening. He's in the presence of Jesus and his sinful thoughts, which he views as righteous, by the way, are exposed. They're revealed. And you see, guys, for, in order for us to, for Jesus to speak into our life, we need to be in His presence. 
Uh, I think it, that's why it's so significant as I was preparing for this. Uh, the biggest quote, the three words that jumped out at me the most were that Jesus answered him. And guys, I want to tell you, when you put yourself in the presence of God and give him opportunity to speak, he will answer you. All right? And I, I, we're going to get to this in a minute, but I think that's significant to note right off the bat. And I think we need to ask ourselves, do we consider the fact that we are in the presence of God? Do we have the opportunity to go into the presence of God? Ephesians 3.12 tells us that in, in Him, and talking about Jesus, and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I, I, one translation, I couldn't find it, uh, and it may have been a paraphrase, it says we can go boldly into God's presence, assured of His glad welcome. And see guys, I, I think so, too many times we just pray. We're just throwing words into the air. And we're not even considering the fact that we are before the throne of our King. We are in the presence of God. We don't, under, I, I believe Christianity as a whole today, at least in America, we, we are lacking in this regard where we're just not conscious of the fact that we're in the presence of the King of the world. Okay? And he goes on, Jesus told us this was going to happen in Matthew 20, or excuse me, 18, verse 20. Yeah, it's becoming a favorite of mine, where he says, where two or three are gathered gather in my name, there I will be with them. And you see, guys, what he's saying there, he's not even talking about us praying in that situation. He's just talking about two or three believers who have pledged allegiance to Jesus as our King. When we are together, He is there with us. And guys, I think if we're going to hear what Jesus has to say, we need to start acknowledging His presence with us and our, pres our, our being in His presence as we go to Him in prayer. That's number one. Number two is that I will hear what Jesus wants to tell me when I give Him permission to speak. Now that sounds kind of redundant, but, but, but that's what happens in the story. He asks Simon, he tells Simon, I got something to tell you. And Simon's response is, tell me, teacher. And guys, I just stop right now. Why do you pray? Do you pray just to ask God for stuff? Maybe thanking for stuff? How much listening do you do while you're praying? You see, because if you're, if, if, if you're not going to listen, you're not going to give him permission to speak. You see, guys, I think it, it, our Christian tradition today, at least what I've been exposed to, is that when we pray, we thank God for stuff, we ask God for stuff, and we commit to do better. We make commitments about what I'm going to do. And especially when I'm praying in a group, there's virtually no listening going on except everybody else. And guys, I think especially we've got to speak. We've got to listen. Uh, on my next point, and I'm going to jump right into it because these two really roll together, is if I'm going to hear what Jesus wants to say to me, I need to expect Him to speak to me. You're not just listening, hoping. We need to expect that Jesus is going 
to speak to me. And I ask you guys, I ask you, do you expect to hear Jesus speak to you? Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking crazy now. I know I'm on the line here. You know, are you talking about hearing voices? I don't hear voices, but I can tell you words come into my head that I believe are from, from our King, that are come from Jesus. Just like as clear as this, as this question that God, Jesus asked Simon, do you see this woman? One of the questions that I, I believe Jesus has asked me in the past is, or some of the questions, one of them is, what makes you think you deserve that? What makes you think you're too good to go through this difficulty? What makes you think that my word doesn't apply to you in this situation? What makes you think that this other person's actions give you an out to not do what I say? Those are all, those are all questions that Jesus has asked me. And guys, this is, this is still a growth area for me. But I, I, I'm learning to listen when I pray and allow Jesus to speak to me. I had a, a difficult challenge recently and... Uh, I was telling Alan about it, and uh, I told him, I said, I said, the, Lord, the Lord's been pretty clear to me. He wants me to, exercise, he wants me to learn some more patience. And I was like, well, you should be careful about that. <laughs> you know, telling people the Lord's, you know, they're going to think you're a little out there, maybe. But you see, here's the deal, guys. What I hear from Jesus lines up with His Word. And that's another thing, it's not in the notes, but you want to know if what you're hearing is from the Lord? You match it up with what His Word has to say. You see, how do I know the Lord's telling me patience? Well, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And I know that's what the Spirit's trying to achieve in me. And so when He spoke it, I, I hear it. But I, I, guys, I want to leave you with the question, do you believe that Jesus will communicate with you? You see, here's the situation. In James chapter 1, this is what it says. If any of you lacks wisdom... You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. <clears throat> that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. What he's saying, guys, it is foolish to ask God for something, in this kid's situation, wisdom, and doubt that he's going to give it to you. So if you are asking God a question, we are foolish to think that he will not answer our question. He will not give us an answer. I was talking with a friend just yesterday and to illustrate how things need to line up with the Word or how the Word of God confirms what we're, what we're speaking. I was talking with a friend on the phone and he's going through a difficult situation and I brought up 2 Chronicles 20 uh, where it's a very difficult situation uh, for the nation of, of Judah at the time, Israel. And... Uh, uh, God tells him, he says, you just need to take your, go out and take your positions and stand firm. And I tell him, I said, you need to 
you know, need to know what your position is from the Word of God and stand firm. He texted me 10 minutes later and said, you know, I was listening to Joy FM and they just quoted that same verse. He's getting the Word of God from two different places. And I believe God, Jesus was using both me and whoever was on the radio to speak into his life. And he was recognizing, he was expecting God, expecting Jesus to answer him. And so guys, I ask you, are you expecting an answer? Number four, very clearly uh, from the lesson is, I'm, am I aware of my need for forgiveness? Okay, because that, that is central to this story. Simon wasn't looking when he came in for Jesus to speak into his life because he, didn't, he felt like he was good enough and he already had, had too many answers. And part of that was a, was, a, was a result of him not seeing his need for forgiveness. And guys, I believe our understanding of forgiveness and our acceptance and awareness of our great need for forgiveness is foundational in our relationship with Jesus. And so I ask you, how in need of forgiveness do you see yourself? Do I see others more in need than myself? And you see, guys, from this story, and let's just read this passage in Luke chapter 7, verse 47. It says, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. You see, if I don't see my need for forgiveness, I'm going to love little. I'm going to be self-righteous. I'm going to be judgmental of others. And I'm going to focus in on the things they do wrong and the sin that's in their life. I'm going to minimize my sin. And I'm going to focus on my performance. That's what you see Simon doing. You mean comparing himself to this other woman. I believe ultimately we're going, to be, we're going to behave like Paul describes in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 through 5, where he talks about terrible times are going to come and that people are going to be without love. And he says they have a form of godliness, but deny its power. And guys, I think we need to, if you're going to hear from Jesus, we need to be aware of our sin and our need for forgiveness. And then finally, guys. The last thing that needs to happen if we're going to hear, hear from Jesus is we need to take action. We need to take action. That's what you see going on here. Uh, this is what Jesus says to Simon after he's asked her the question. Well, let me just read it. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. You see, guys, what Jesus is saying here is that we need to be aware that if we are going to respond to what Jesus has to tell us, we need to take some action. I, I don't know what this means. We, I don't know how Simon responded to this. I don't know if he finally became a believer in Jesus after Jesus' you know, death and resurrection. We just don't, we, this doesn't tell us. The Bible doesn't. 
I'd like to think that the fact that Jesus is talking to him is going to open him up to taking action, to changing the way he's living. I have to wonder sometimes if Jesus doesn't answer us because he knows we ain't going to take action. You see, guys, faith, I believe, is when you take specific action based off specifics that Jesus has said and specifically from his word. So guys, as we close out this morning, I just ask the question, what are you hearing from Jesus? Okay? The way you ask Simon this question is he asking you questions. Because those questions reveal our heart and reveal our thoughts and point us in the direction that Jesus wants us to, wants us to be in. I pray that all of you that hear this have a desire and a commitment to hear what Jesus wants to tell you. Let's pray and we'll be done. Father, thank you that you I thank you for this story, God, and I thank you that it's recorded for all time. And Father, that we have the opportunity to look at it and learn. Father, I believe with all my heart that you want to speak to each one of us. You want to speak into our lives. You want us to expose our hearts. You already know our hearts. Father, you just want our hearts exposed in your presence. So you can tell us things. Father, it's, it's so easy in today's world to just to get caught up for your word to get choked out and to focus on just surviving and, and just coming to you for help. Father, help to give us what we want. Help us to get through hard times. And Father, we don't come as your servant asking you to speak into our lives. Father, I pray right now that that can be our heart's desire and the way we... We live in the way we approach you moving forward. And it's the King's name we ask these things. Amen.